The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by Medtronic. Medtronic is dedicated to the pursuit of life-transforming health tech. From AI to robotics and beyond, we're reinventing what's possible, and we're just getting started. Visit Medtronic.com to learn more. LinkedIn presents. You could be here today and gone tomorrow, so you might as well enjoy your life and make the most of it. And that doesn't mean to go be crazy and irresponsible, but it does mean to be intentional and to find bits of joy along the way. And if you can do that while bringing others along with you and adding joy to them, I think it's a win-win. Welcome back to the next Big Idea Daily. I'm your host, Michael Kovnett, and I have to admit, I'm sitting at a desk right now. Hopefully, you're doing something a little more interesting. Maybe you're out on a walk or doing a little gardening. I mean, you could be rock climbing for all I know. My guest this week, Shelby Stanger, believes that having outdoor adventures of some sort is good for us on multiple levels. Physical health, obviously, but also mental health, motivation, creativity, career. In her new book, Will to Wild, Shelby encourages all of us to get out there and do something to act on what she calls our wild ideas. But before you launch yourself out there, before you sign up for that surf camp or start training for the Matterhorn, you might want to get clear on your motivation. Have a strong why. Wild ideas are scary. Having a strong why will keep you on the trail, even when you want to turn back. Most of all, having a strong why will shush the naysayers and the doubters, including the biggest ones of all, the ones often in your own head. Most people have a wild idea they want to pursue, an idea that keeps them awake at night and scares them, but that they know will propel their life forward in a positive way. I interviewed Dr. Edith Eager, a Holocaust survivor, and the oldest guest who appeared on my Wild Ideas Worth Living podcast, who at 91 when I spoke with her, had just published her first book, which she followed by publishing another book two years later. Edith was friends with Dr. Viktor Frankl, also a Holocaust survivor, a psychiatrist, and the author whose line, those who have a why can bear with any how, is pretty famous. Edith's philosophy was also that if you have a strong why, you will find a way to do the thing you most want to do. Edith's why in surviving the Holocaust was just to live and to see her family again. Your why in pursuing a wild idea might be because you think a wild idea will improve your health, your relationship with your family, yourself, or maybe it'll just bring you a lot of joy, or because not doing so will bring you too much pain. Even if your why is just because it brings you immense joy, that's a great why. As Edith taught me, self-love is self-care. It's not narcissistic. If you need help finding your wild idea and your why behind it, Ask yourself, what would you do if you won the lottery tomorrow? If you were to give a TED Talk, what gift do you have that you can share that might help others? When your why is attached to altruism, the desire to do something to help others, it's like adding a super booster. Your own wild idea might even be an act of altruism itself, paving a path for someone else, a group, or even an entire community. Once you have your why, it'll be so much easier to stay the course, call the doubt, and to keep going, even when things get challenging.
All right. Well, let me start by asking you, Shelby, what's your why? What motivates you to have adventures? Adventure is what makes me feel most alive and feels my soul. I love it. I love everything about it. I mean, the first time I ever went camping, my parents weren't outdoorsy. They were East Coasters. My dad was a dentist. My mom was a teacher. But the first time I was at surf camp and we got to sleep outside on the sand in sleeping bags, Mm -hmm. it just was so cool. You know, the sound of the waves lulled me to sleep. We got to eat pizza out of cardboard boxes on the sand and then roast marshmallows at night. I'm sure I had like chocolate and marshmallows and pizza stuck in my hair, but I don't know. I just woke up and the kid next to me was like, hey, do you know you smile when you sleep? (laughs) He's like, that's so weird, but it's so cool. And I thought it was weird and cool too. I mean, I just never had felt such joy and happiness than I have outside. I think, you know, when we're outside, everything is just so simple. And when I was a little kid, I wrote that my mission in life was to encourage people, mostly young adult women, to go outside and go for it, whatever Mm -hmm. that it looked like. So Mm -hmm. I did it first as a journalist, then as a podcaster, and I guess now as an author. I mean, I just love encouraging other people to go pursue their wild ideas no matter what they are. You give the example of Edith Eager and Viktor Frankl, and these are people who survived, you know, one of the great horrors of the 20th century. And in the context of that kind of trauma, in the context of a concentration camp, it makes sense. You can understand why to go on living, you need a real strong sense of purpose. You need a why, because the temptation to just give up would be overwhelming. But it's, fascinating to me that you draw that connection to our everyday life, to those of us who have not experienced that kind of trauma. But still, we want to have a reason for doing what we do. We need a purpose to our lives, even if it seems like a selfish one. You say that self-love is self-care. It's not narcissistic. If your motivation is joy, that's a pretty good motivation. Yeah, that's something Edith taught me. You know, she said, A lot of people would try to compare their suffering to hers. And she's like, Mm. don't ever compare your suffering to others. It's not useful. And she also said that self-love is self-care. It's not narcissistic. And I think a lot of people get a lot of heat for going out and pursuing adventure. Surfers get it. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of times we feel guilty about doing something that brings us joy because it seems irresponsible. I mean, I once quit a really lucrative, stable job to go teach surf lessons in Costa Rica. And everybody said I was absolutely crazy for doing so. And on paper, I was pretty crazy to do so. Mm -hmm. But what I've learned over the years in interviewing all these adventures is that sometimes your act of going to pursue your own wild idea actually opens up a path for other people to pursue theirs. Mm -hmm. And you just have no idea who you're going to affect. But if you're miserable doing what you're doing, yeah. you have to go do it because you will make the world a better place just by bringing yourself joy. I mean, I think we have to start with ourselves. But I do think that having a strong why is really important because if you have a wild idea, people are going to tell you you're crazy for doing so. Right. Your own self-doubt will creep in. You right. will have imposter syndrome. And mm-hmm. I've had all of this. And I think we have to remember a couple of things. One, that tomorrow is not guaranteed. 
And that's a lesson I learned when I was really young. I mean, right before I turned 12, my father tucked me in, said, good night. I love you. I'll let you read the book. But, you know, he passed of a sudden heart attack. Mm. And I took with that, that life isn't guaranteed. You could be here today and gone tomorrow. So you might as well enjoy your life and make the most of it. And that doesn't mean to go be crazy and irresponsible, but it does mean to be intentional and to find bits of joy along the way. And if you can do that while bringing others along with you and adding joy to them, I think it's a win-win. You know, everybody's why is personal, Mm -hmm. but if you have a strong why, you'll shush the naysayers, including the ones in your own head. And those are the hardest ones to shush. And you say that if your why is attached to altruism, it's kind of like a a supercharger. It is. It's a super booster. Absolutely. If you're doing something and it helps others along the way, you know, if I was just writing this book to help myself, my ego would have gotten so in the Mm -hmm. way. And don't get me wrong. It definitely did get in there a couple of times while writing the book. And then I just had to realize, like, I'm not writing this book for myself. I'm writing it because... There's so many people that call me every week and want advice on, you know, how to pursue a wild idea or they're stuck in some sort of situation and they want to get unstuck. And like I said, there's a lot of things you can do to change your life. But I really believe if you try an adventure, something that seems scary to you, even if it seems small, just something really simple, that can be a catalyst to get unstuck. I really love your point that joy and altruism don't have to be in competition, that they can both be part of your why. I mean, I think sometimes we have this idea that if we want to make a contribution in the world, if we want to change the world for the better, we need to be kind of grim and single-minded and serious to accomplish that thing. And anything we do for fun is kind of frivolous and not really contributing to this greater cause. But I think you're making the point that these things go together and that and and that simply being joyful you're making a net contribution to the world. The world is a better place if I'm a happier person. You you hit the nail on the head. I think, you know, it's funny. Last year, I did this 100-mile May challenge where I ran 100 miles the month of May. It's not an overwhelming amount of miles. It's about three miles a day. So I ran 100 miles one May while, while in the very beginning of this book. And it seemed kind of frivolous and a little bit irresponsible, but I had so much work on my plate. I'm like, I want this other task to keep Mm -hmm. me focused and engaged and excited about sitting down in front of my computer and writing a book. And it's funny. I finally posted about it. I wasn't even going to post about it, but I did an Instagram post at the end of the 100 mile May challenge. And I wrote down all the things I learned about it and what it did for me. And I had people come up to me just last week, a year and a half later, telling me that when I ran 100 miles in May, it inspired them to go work out and get healthier Mm -hmm. and they were doing something wild themselves. So you just have no idea how your act of joy just might pave a path and inspire someone else to go pave their own. Thanks for listening, everyone. Now that we're officially in summer, I hope you've got more opportunities to get outside and do something amazing whether it's to benefit someone else or for the sheer joy of doing it, which, as Shelby reminds us, is its own form of altruism. In my book, one of the best kinds of altruism is sharing ideas that inspire me with my friends. If you're getting something out of this podcast, why not pay it forward? 
hit that share button in your podcast player and send it along to someone in your life who could use a little adventure. And come back tomorrow for another wild idea from Shelby Stanger. I'm Michael Kovnat. Thanks for listening. <laughs>